Today we're joined in studio by not only Don Pizzette, but also Daniel Lowry to talk about Kali Linux and whether or not it's a good Linux distro for you to use every day. That's all coming up on the IT Pro TV podcast, starting right now. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and today we're talking about something a little bit different than what we've been talking about recently. We're, we're going to dive into Kali Linux and talk about if that's a good operating system, basically, to use as your everyday operating system on your computer. And here to help us do that, we have two great guests. You know Don Pazette. He's here all the time. This is his office. How you doing, Don? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me back to my office. Yeah, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for letting us come and hang out here. And uh, and we also have Daniel Lowry, and Daniel uh, is one of the entertainers here at IT Pro TV, and uh, also a Kali Linux user. So, Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Looking forward to this podcast. It's an interesting topic, in my estimation. It is. Yeah, and doing some research on this, I've been uh, finding out it's pretty interesting and uh, unexpectedly so. But uh, so let's start for those of you that like me 15 minutes ago, uh, no, uh, <laughs> like me, uh, it was a couple hours ago, um, had very little knowledge about Kali Linux uh, and what it was besides just, uh, you know, it's another one of the million distros that exist uh, within within Linux. So uh, we want to kind of give you a little bit of background to start, uh, and that'll kind of lead us into the topic of, you know, you can start to see why it might not be a, a great distro to use every day, and we'll see if we can put those rumors to bed or, or confirm them. So, um, Don, let's start with you. Can you can you give us a little bit of the backstory, uh, where this came from, where it fits in in the Linux world? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Kali Linux is a distro that's made for pen testers, right, uh, security penetration testers, and it, it's designed to, to help them do their job. And it's gotten a lot of press lately. It's, it's been on a couple of TV shows. I, I blame Mr. Robot for the whole reason we're doing this show. That uh, the, the guy on the Mr. Robot show, it's, uh, it's on USA or yeah. I don't yeah. know, whatever's on. Uh, I, I don't watch it. It's myself, on Netflix. But, uh, <laughs> that's that's all, yeah, yeah. It's on the internet. It's, it's on BitTorrent. Everybody's <laughs> BitTorrent. watching it. Yeah, that's where uh, it's the network. But he uses Kali Linux, and so you got all these, uh, not just kids, but anybody who's some kind of IT security enthusiast who says, oh, I've got to run Kali Linux, it's awesome. Um, and, and we'll kind of see more about that later. But uh, it wasn't always called Kali Linux. Before it was called Kali, it was called Backtrack. And it was part of uh, it was part of something that was supported by another company, and the support changed, and they ended up uh, going fully open source, and it just became... Kali Linux after that, so it's kind of evolved. It's been around a while. I can't remember when Backtrack came out originally, but it's been out for at least 10 years, probably longer. Uh, but it is designed as a very specialized distro. You know, in the Linux world, there are tons of distros. And when I say tons, I mean well over a thousand. There are a lot of different distributions of Linux, and that's the glory of open source, right? Anybody can take one. If they don't like it the way it is, they can just change it a little bit and release it. Well, Kali has actually been changed a lot. They took uh, you know, another Linux distribution, modified it in a certain way to make it helpful for pen, pe ah, pen testers, <laughs> and then threw it out there on the world, and people have loved it and used it. Uh, you know, I, I am not a pen tester, so I don't use Kali Linux on a regular basis, but this guy behind me here, Daniel, he does. So you know, before I ramble on more about it, Daniel, why, why don't you give everybody a background of how how Kali Linux helps you as as somebody who's a you know security researcher, pen tester, or whatever? Yeah, I, I remember back when it was Backtrack, and the first time I I downloaded that, installed that, and started playing around with it, I was like, man, this thing is amazing because it had so many tools. It had all these security tools that were built in, 
uh, great stuff. That was all the stuff that maybe I didn't know what that tool was. And I, you got to remember, this was, as Don said, back in my day, you know, a long time ago, all of 10 years or whatever it was, it was kind of overwhelming because I didn't know what any of these things did. I just knew this was the, the penetration testing thing. And then when it evolved to Kali and my skills evolved, I started realizing what the whole purpose of, of Kali Linux was and which was to say, okay, I need to perform security testing and I don't need to spend a bunch of time and effort putting together a distribution with all the tools and, and uh, techniques that I would need. It's already there for me. It's built in. That's what it's meant to do. That was its philosophy of use, as you were, right, if you will. To, I want to do pen testing, therefore I need all these tools. Guess what? The good people at Offensive Security have put it together and called it Kali, and there you go. You just download it. You, you run it as a VM or you install it in your box, and you fire away. You start doing your pen tests. You start doing your security analysis. Now we start getting into do we use this as a daily driver? Well, I, I think that that question is a big fat depends. You know, uh, if you're a pen tester, and you're pen testing on it every day, guess what? You're probably going to use Kali Linux as a, as a daily driver because that's what you're doing. Now, whether or not does the question then become, I just want to use Kali Linux as my operating system and I might be, I'm not a pen tester, or maybe I do some security things, should this be my flavor of choice and that way I can just run to it? I think that's, that's really where there's more nuance to this question than just, you know, is this a good OS? Right, but, but before we jump too far... Um down that path, I want to just kind of put a bow on the where's it from uh, part. So, <laughs> so um, Don, I know you had the, the graph up a little bit ago. Uh, right. I was wondering if we could take a look at, uh, so it, it's an offshoot of, of Debian, but um, I'm not seeing backtrack on there. Is that Was that off of Debian right. as well? So, uh, yes, yeah, it was all built off of Debian, and it's important uh, to understand how Linux distros work, right? So uh, there's a website called DistroWatch, and DistroWatch, if you've never been there, uh, they're a site that tries to catalog all the Linux distributions out there, and they try to create numbers over which ones are, are the most popular. Now, I will tell you right off the bat that their numbers are wrong as far <laughs> as, like, which ones are the most popular because they just calculate it based on the people that come to their website to learn about Linux, which is... Uh, any statistician will tell you a completely biased thing, and, and they understand that, and they say that. It, it's in their, their about page. Uh, so if we ignore what they consider to be the most popular, uh, they do have a couple of neat things on their site where they try to represent visually all the different distributions that are out there. And it is rare that somebody creates a distribution from scratch, and Kali is no, uh, no exception to that. So this is their little timeline. It goes from 1994 all the way to 2016, and it is showing all the different distros that are out there. And as you look at the list, what you'll notice is how a lot of them, whoops, hey, there's yeah, me. John Pizzette. I know. <laughs> as you look at the list. See, this is as I try and zoom in. The greatest in. man this ever. Is why I can't, this is why I don't have nice things. See, in Cali Linux, um, can you zoom easier, yeah. Daniel? Yeah. So, so uh, anyhow, if I can get the stupid list to render, uh, what you'll see is that they all kind of branch off. There's this whole fork kind of thing that happens. And every now and then you'll see somebody who's really important. This, this distro right here, it's Ubuntu. Right, a lot of people take Ubuntu Linux and then fork it and and splinter it off into something else, and uh, and so you see all these distros come off of it. Well, Ubuntu itself is a fork of, if I get down to it, Debian. There we go. A lot of stuff is based off of Debian. Now, one thing this family tree doesn't show, and if I could find Kali in this giant mess, it is in here, um, is that Debian actually has several different. Uh, kind of uh, release modes inside of it. So there's Debian stable, which is what normal people run. 
There's Debian development, which is kind of like their beta. And then there's Debian testing, which is their cutting edge one that's not designed for production use. And Kali Linux is based off of Debian. And so you might look at it and say, hey, Debian is perfectly safe to run as a desktop OS. And Ubuntu is based off of it. It's one of the most widely distributed Linux distributions in the world. It's nice and stable. But Kali Linux is actually based off of Debian testing, which is not considered stable. So the, the base OS for this, and Backtrack was the same way, uh, are basically built on top of an OS that's not designed to be ready for production use. That's not the goal of the Kali Linux project. It's what Daniel said. It's it's getting those tools available. But seeing it in a in a big picture like this family tree is, is kind of a, a good way to put this in perspective, that they're not the only ones splintering off an OS like this. And the people that change them, they could be changing them for good. They could be changing them for bad. You, you don't know uh, how much stability and security testing they're doing on it. And, and we have to remember that Kali Linux is designed for penetration testing. So it's designed for you to be doing what are ultimately bad things for good reasons. So is the OS going to be designed to block and be highly secure? No, that would interfere with your testing. So it's all, all stuff we kind of have to keep in mind of the, the origin of that operating system where it came from. And, and I think going back to the origin kind of helps uh, kind of phrase that question of, is it something to, to use uh, as, as a daily driver? So originally it was created in a sense that they wanted to uh, take it and basically take all the fluff away and get back to a core um, where they could put it on a, on a disk and bring it into an environment uh, where they needed to do testing in a, in a closed environment. So are, what are we, are we losing things by, by running Kali Linux that, that we you know, would have on Debian? Yeah. in in certain fashions, yes. Uh, you're, you're, you know, kind of, Losing a, you're not losing a daughter, you're gaining a son kind of thing, right? If <laughs> you can look at it that way. But yeah, you know, because it's, again, it goes back to that whole philosophy of use. What is its intention? What is the intention behind the people that are releasing the distribution? Well, it's to uh, 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 give a tool to penetration testers, not to give a Joe out there who's looking to make that leap from Windows 10 into Linux world an operating system in which for him to use and be safe inside of, right? It, it has a design implementation into that and if, if you're not taking that into account like what don was saying it they don't care whether or not the the system is secure because it's not intended to be a secure system it's intended to do uh bad things for good reasons now daniel how do you use it i, I know a lot of people will either make it a live cd or a read-only usb key or something so that they can boot off of it they can run the tools they can do the attack and when they're done it basically gets erased or a virtual machine they can roll back because there's no data on there you want to save. And in fact, if you've been doing attacks, it's just as easy to infect or compromise your own machine as it is the, the person that you're targeting. So it's kind of nice to get that fresh reset. How, how do you run it? Yeah, I run it in a VM because uh, I like snapshots. Snapshots are great. And if let's say you were one of those people that were inclined to say, I maybe do want this to be my daily driver. Let, let me make this statement. We're in the Linux community here. Linux people are known to making things that aren't designed to do something, do something, right? That's it's kind of like our thing. It's what we do. We always have that mindset of it's not what it's meant to do, but what can I make it do? And I think, so can you make it be your daily driver? Yeah, but that would take a lot of expertise and time and effort, right? So just be aware that there is always a caveat to our statements when it comes to should or should you not, especially in the Linux community. Well, you know, I know for me, I, I've been working with Linux for a long time, very comfortable in it. I, my my daily driver. I, I run Red Hat Linux on my laptop and Fedora on my desktop behind me. Uh, so I, you know, I, I run Linux every single day. Uh, 
if I need access to a penetration tool or really any kind of tool, uh, they're more common on Linux than they are on other platforms because it's so easy to develop and there's a, a huge open source community available in the Linux world. So I can go and I can get the tool and I might have to compile it from source and, and install it and all that, but I'm, I'm comfortable with that. So I do it. Now I've got the tool. So Kali's not really doing anything special from that respect. It's not like I can only run these tools on Kali Linux. I can run them on, on any distro if I just take the time to do it myself. To me, it seems like the, the only real advantage of a distro like that is that it's already got the tools there, and there's a lot of them. And I know that sometimes those tools can conflict with each other, so they've kind of sorted out all the dependencies and weirdness, and they've already got it there. But um, I, it's not a good trade-off, in my opinion, because like when I run a tool locally on my machine, I can, I can control the updates. And I, does Kali Linux even have an update system? Yeah, it does. It has the Aptitude uh, update management system, so it's in there. And... Uh, to be, to be uh, full disclosure here, I have run Kali Linux as a daily driver. And it wasn't like, oh, I've been using Kali for three weeks and it's amazing. It's a total daily driver. No, I ran it for months on end and to see how it would perform as a daily driver. And I, I, I came to the conclusion that that is not a good idea. Or it wasn't a good idea for me anyway. Yeah, those were your least productive months uh, <laughs> here, if I recall. But So I, I just want to kind of understand back to what you were saying, Don. Like, when I buy a, a Dell or an HP laptop, it, it's filled with all the things they think I will need and, and all the, the bloatware that uh, it was paid to be on there. But that's essentially what's happening with Kali Linux, you're saying, is that you don't have to go out and find these things like you would if you wanted to run one of these programs on your machine. It's already there, it's built in, and, and it's ready to go. Yeah, and, and let me let me give you an example. I, I did this in a uh, in a show the other day. I, John the Ripper, right? Uh, it's a password brute forcing utility from OpenWall, and if you go to their website, uh, they have where you can you can download it, right? And their deal is, it's open source and free, but they only distribute the source code. Or you can pay, and then you get the packages. So if you have a package, the install is super easy, right? You know, it's just a matter of using whatever installation program it is that you use. Uh, but if you have to build it from source, now you've got to use a compiler, you've got to run it. If there's any error, you have to, tweak, you have to edit some files and, and so on. Well, I'm, I'm comfortable with that, so I just do that, right? But not everybody is. If you get Kali Linux, they've already done that for you. So they took John the Ripper, it is in Kali Linux, and they've already compiled it, and it's on there, and it's running. So it's still, in my opinion, a good idea to pay the people that made the software so they benefit from it. But at least you don't have to worry about dealing with that, you know, compiling it and getting ready. So the amount of tools in Kali Linux is somewhat staggering. I mean, I mean it's... 370-something, I oh, believe it is. Yeah, yeah account. Of, of different tools. It's, it's, it's pretty up there. It's a lot. And some are really specific, but oh, yeah. some are like Metasploit that right. everybody uses, right? Right, or you know, SQL Map or whatever. All that, all your latest and greatest and old oldies and goldies are all wrapped into there. Going back to what Don was saying about updates, though, while it does have the Aptitude update management system in, built in, and you can do updates, that is where I found it to be the, the Achilles heel of the system. It's when I went to do a dist upgrade that things went broke real quick like it I, the first time i did it was like huh that's weird i must have done something wrong you know something crazy has happened it's a virtual machine and reinstall kept it clean and did it again like down the road as another district uh, came out uh, and just upgrade break again and it was uh, i remember having this conversation with someone they said well why aren't you just downloading the latest uh, virtual machine or an iso or whatever and rebuilding it i'm like because i'm running it as a daily driver and they're like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm trying to see if that will work. And that was probably the biggest stumbling stone to me 
taking it on as a daily driver forever. And, you know, I looked it up while you were talking there. Uh, Backtrack came out in 2006, 11 years yeah, ago, yeah. and it changed names to Cali in 2013, four years ago. So on the family tree, then, does that just show up as the same thing when, they, when something changes names? Hmm. Well, probably not. Separate? I would imagine I could, I could the find back dot there, would but... end and then it would continue. Uh, it's definitely on DistroWatch because I, I did a search on their main page for Cali, and it turned up. Uh, they don't map it to the tree, though, so you, you can't necessarily see it that way. But okay. uh, And the... And the family tree is a uh, graphic file, so you can't search it there either. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, but they show it here, and um, I mean, they show it here really small. But you can <laughs> see where it is Debian testing based, uh, and they just list it here as Cali. And somewhere in here, they mention its history. I don't know where, but um, yeah, it's very. Uh, very it's it's formerly Backtrack, right there. Yeah. All right, but very popular. Not because, if you think about the amount of pen testers in the world, there aren't that many. You, you always see these reports about 70% of IT security jobs go unfilled, and you know there's not that many pen testers out there. But there are tons of people running this distro or wanting to run the distro and struggling with it, and, and that's why we wanted to make this show to talk about a bit about it. Uh, if you are a pen tester, you're learning security skills, this is a really great distro to fire up and run, but... If you're trying to install it on your hardware, it's a bit of a nightmare. It's missing some chunks. So that's where you're intended to make it as a live CD or install it as a virtual machine. And, and Daniel, uh, let me ask you, because you've done it. Mm -hmm. uh, did you build your own virtual machine, or did you go and get one of the pre-built images? I have done both. And uh, it, having uh, an extensive knowledge of both my virtual software and my own hardware, I was, I was able to get through it. I've, I've been installing Linux, Linux since 1998. So it wasn't my first rodeo going down that road, right? But I could see where if this was the uninitiated, this, you're new to this, and you try to install this, you might have some stumbling stones in there. And a, another good reason for you to, for us to say, okay, you, you, this is, if this is your first foray into Linux, let me show you the uh, the Mint section of the <laughs> of the store. Oh, look at these lovely over here. Is a nice uh, Ubuntu distribution built just for you, and it's going to be a great experience. Whereas we got to remember, this is meant for people that, they're professionals. They are, they are penetration testers. They just need a system that has all the things they need compiled into one spot. They can drop it, and they can go, and they can start pen testing. That's the idea. And, and that's that's one of the key things about it, as, as far as I understand, is, it, is it's compact. Yeah. And and as a result, that means, um, you know, they've made versions of Kali Linux that can run on all kinds of devices, Raspberry Pis, um, you know, on, on phones and things mm -hmm. like that. So is that something either of you have, have had an opportunity to play with? I have not. I've always run it as a VM or on my machine so far. I, I threw it on a, uh, on a, Rasp a Raspberry Pi 3, and it, the idea there is that if you're going to create one of those, like, um, pwn boxes, you know, uh, yeah. the, you sneak into a building, you stick this little box in there, and you leave, and a few days later you come back and it's filled with data. Uh, so I, I messed around with it a bit. I found that, like, performance-wise, it was pretty poor. I mean, just getting Debian itself running on a, a Raspberry Pi is not the easiest thing to do in the world, so that's a bit of a challenge. And and the reason I asked about the virtual machines, I mean, I had pro problems trying to get it to run on VMware Workstation. Uh, I, I run Linux, but I have VMware Workstation on top of it. Uh, there's plenty of people out there that help you with pre-built uh, virtual machines, and there's pre-built Raspberry Pi images and stuff, so you can deploy it, and that saves you a heck of a lot of time. Uh, Daniel mentioned offensive security. I've got their web page pulled up, 
Uh, if you ever go to their site, it is just an amazing site, uh, offensive-security.com. They have a ton of information, uh, but they have Kali Linux downloads. And if you take a look, they publish them for uh, 32-bit and 64-bit. They do it for uh, VMware as well as VirtualBox. And then right here, they've got the Kali Linux for ARM devices, and that helps you get it up and running on a Raspberry Pi. So that, that was the one that I messed with. So there's several different ways to go about it. But once you power it up, it's it's the same. You've got the same tools. You can do the same thing. Now, now I'm very worried, though, that in Don's, Don's example, he said what uh, you can do with it on the Raspi, and he said he created one, but he did not tell us what he did with it. So now I have to go around the office and look for right. you yeah. know, just something hanging out of the, <laughs> the wall that's full of great data, as it as it turns out. Oh, by the way, Peter, are you uh, are you traveling for the holidays? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. Think, You're free for an I, uh, HR meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to go back to one of those cars before the cars had computers, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and I can just check the check the brake lines. I'll tell you, morning. one of my other um, uh, negatives about running Kali Linux was that I noticed that there was a performance degradation the more that I used it. Right, things started breaking. Uh, a SQL map, I think, was one of them. They just started not working, trying to do updates with it. Working in a virtual environment, um, it, it just started like spiraling downwards, and it's especially if I did an update. So if I did updates, so that made me start to think, maybe this is meant to run as it is out of the box. You pop, you pop the top off, you do the thing, and when you're done, you throw it away. If you need it again, well, you reinstall, you fire up another one, and you use it again. It's not really meant to be updated. It is in the state that it's supposed to be used. And while, yes, you can update it and things like that, I didn't have a lot of great um, experiences with doing that. So had you had you installed a bunch of different software on it at that point? That uh, yeah, you I installed a do? few things where if I was updating tools that were already on it, it could break things. Things would stop working correctly. Hmm. And I would fire up another instance of it in another VM, and it would work perfectly. Well, to just answer the, the initial question, the title of the podcast, then it sounds like the answer is no, right? That, that yes, it can be a daily driver. Yeah. Should it be a daily driver? Probably not. Probably not. There's better options, and, uh, and not just that there's better options, obviously, but there's, there's better ways to use it, whether you use right. it on a VM or have it as something that you, like you said, you fire up, and when you're done with it, you, you kill that, and then you fire it up again when you, when you need it next time. Yeah, and, and they used to not really address this on the Cali webpage, but I think... Mr. Robot and some other publicity that they've gotten has made them correct that. And now they actually have in their FAQ a whole section. I've got it pulled up here. Uh, in the Kali Linux official documentation, they have, should I use Kali Linux, right? Uh, so they're asking that question and saying, should I, should I even use this in the first place? Better yet, uh, install it and run it as a daily driver. Uh, and while they don't go through and, and mention the daily driver part, uh, they do try and highlight how Kali Linux is very different than a normal distro. If you're a pen tester looking for a collection of pen test tools, it's perfect. It's great for that. But even as a pen tester, you wouldn't want that to be your daily driver. And they highlight some of the things that are different and why that's a big deal. And this first one is probably the biggest red flag, which is it's designed to be single user with root access by design. And that means that you are fully capable of breaking any element inside of it. Uh, it's not like it's got a whole bunch of... Uh, uh, you know, protections. There's no SE Linux to stop one service from accessing another service. There's no, um, uh, like, sudo. You don't even need sudo because you're logging in as root unless you create another account. If you create another account, you can 
fully access root privileges pretty easy. Um, so it's very easy to break it, right? Which kind of goes back to what Daniel was saying is over time it got worse. Well, it's probably just over time uh, writing to things that don't normally get written to. Uh, there's network services that are disabled by default. A lot of the default things that we expect to have, uh, especially when it comes to like MDNS and Bluetooth and, and things of those nature, um, some of them aren't even installed. And the ones that are, are just not enabled. So core functionality of most laptops isn't, isn't going to work. Um, it's got a custom Linux kernel. And they don't really elaborate on this much other than it's been patched for wireless injection. So you already know the integrity of the kernel has been compromised. And so any, any security protections there like uh, memory storage randomization and, and things of that nature, those are out the window because it's a compromised kernel. And then lastly, a minimal and trusted set of repositories. A lot of the software that you might use on a daily basis that's not pen testing software is just not available in their repos. So if you're trying to install a chat client or your favorite text editor, that may well not be in their distro. So it makes it much more challenging to run it that way. Uh, but there's a few other caveats that they don't mention on their page, things like uh, the init system, how the init system launches everything as root. So it makes it really next to impossible to run things like web servers as a service. You have to run them as an application. And even as an application, they're running as root, which means if any one of those apps gets compromised, your whole system's blown open wide. That might sound really bad. It sounds like, wow, this, this OS sucks, right? But we got to remember what its intent is. Its intent is not to be a web server. It's not supposed to be what you're checking your email on. And if you use it the right way, it's the best at what it does. It does a great job. It's definitely got that spot. So, um, I think that it's important that people recognize that before they go and, and download it and install it and, and try and get it up and running. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> agree to agree. <laughs> All right. Now, you know, um, Daniel, have you messed with any of the Kali Linux alternatives? Yes, I have, actually. I've uh, I've been playing around with Parrots, uh, which is I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of so far. It works really well. I think it actually has more tools than Kali Linux. I haven't really looked at their um, specifics other than I've downloaded it, I've installed it, I've been working with it, and seeing it and compare and contrast just through use uh, with Kali. And so far, I, I really do like Pear. I think it is a, a contender, to be honest with you, uh, when it comes to Kali Linux. I haven't had any of the, the issues that I had with Kali with Parrot, so I'm looking forward to see as I drive with it more, will I encounter those things? I can do things like dist upgrades. Uh, upgrade system is all there. Again, it does have a very pointed and specific, and it has some other different features. Like it uses Mate as the graphical interface. And, and so there's just some, some user, some UI differences as well. But so far, I, I really like what I see and how it works. Um, so I'll, I'm going to keep plugging away on it and and see if it can't dethrone Kali in my heart. Now it's about to ask yeah, what, where it came from, but you've got the stats pulled up. I so. just pulled it up here on DistroWatch. I've got it on my laptop. That uh, It's another one that's based on Debian testing, so they didn't deviate very far from Kali. Uh, and it's got a pretty parrot on the desk it as does. opposed to a dragon, so there's there's yeah. that. Um, but, you know, you, you, you can see here it's just another one that is designed to be that, that security deployment. I haven't used Parrot, uh, but I, I know I've seen you use it, Daniel, mm -hmm. so I asked you. Um, the other one that I am aware of, um, and let's see if it's here in DistroWatch, is uh, Security Onion. Um, 
Security Onion is one. Oh, it's not on here. Um, so let me, I'll bring up the web page here. Security Onion. Uh, they, actually, if you want to learn more about all of these, let me kind of run through these real quick. There's Kali, which is found at Kali.org, K-A-L-I.org. You can go and download it, make it your daily driver today. Uh, there is <laughs> Parrot that Daniel was talking about. It's uh, ParrotSec.org, P-A-R-R-O-T-S-E-C.org. Uh, so you can download that one, free, completely open source. Uh, it's got tools and stuff in it. And then the one I was just mentioning is Security Onion, which is securityonion.net. It's another one that it's got a bunch of tools, but they're packaged together a little bit uh, more, uh, I don't know, like uh, intention-driven. Like, it's very obvious this is not supposed to be a daily driver. Like, it, it, it is designed to run these tools and generate these reports and give you a web interface so that you can interact with it. Uh, that is its purpose. So as I run through the screenshots here, notice how there's no... There's no fancy uh, dragon background or showing a menu because that's not what you use it for. Um, much more specific. Each of these, there's a huge overlap. There's a lot of tools that are common across all three, uh, but some of them uh, maybe get updated more frequently. Some might have some fancy feature that makes you happier. Some might have a cooler logo. I don't know. It, it, at the end of the day, you kind of pick the one that's most comfortable for you. Yeah. The big question to me is who's naming these things as a marketing person? <laughs> just like, gosh, wait, this, I, I just really want to get involved with yeah. these projects uh, there, early on. There's also a Black Arch Linux, uh, which is obviously a, a flavor of Arch Linux. Uh, it's their penetration testing uh, specific version. I haven't had a chance to download and, and work with it yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands dirty with it. They have a picture of a hoodie <laughs> on their homepage, so you know it's hardcore. Uh, oh, of course, now that I say it, it's going to scroll away. Let me pull that back up. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, you guys take a look at that. There it is. Is, is that Mr. Robot? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it, it might be. <laughs> hey, you know, it, nothing says hacker like a hoodie. Yeah, we got to know. Right. Uh, it's Black Arch, uh, B-L-A-C-K-A-R-C-H.org. And you said that was based on Arch Linux? Yeah. Arch Linux, which is uh, an easy installs Arch <laughs> enemy. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, you know, just uh, plenty of tools that are out there. I would say what we're talking about today, like, should I use this as my daily driver? I would say that applies to all, all of, of those. Wouldn't you agree? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, definitely. Because, again, philosophy of use, what's its intended purpose? Is it to be a daily driver? No. Right? Can you make it that way? Yeah, you can. You we can don't do hear to say that you can't do it. Okay? That's not what we're saying. Should you? Is it the best option, especially in, in the vast majority of situations? It, the answer is most likely no. Yeah, and given that, you know, if, if you're using Kali Linux, you're a security-minded person anyway, so you're aware of the security risks you're putting yourself and your right. information at yeah. if it is your daily driver at that right. point. Now, now, if you're running it on a VM, none of those risks are, are funneled back to your main machine under there, or are they? Yeah, well, so it, let's say you're running Kali Linux in a VM, or even on your desktop, right? Um, there's a lot of stuff that's not configured securely by default, so it, it it's firewall. Daniel, the firewall is disabled by default, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to think. I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I, I would say yes. I think it's got IP tables yeah. installed, but it's turned but off. it's turned off. So, yeah. you know, if I'm port scanning a network, and I hit a Kali machine, I'm going to see a ton of ports that are open, and all the services are running as root, and if they haven't been updated recently, then there's known exploits for all of them. And why would I do so, that? Because it breaks when I do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So if I break into it, now I can get it data, right? So, uh, and that, that's whether it's on a VM or whether it's your actual machine. Thing is, if it's on a VM and you want to check your email, you're probably not going into your VM to check email. You're doing that from your desktop, right? right? So if I break into your VM, what's, what's in there? Nothing. Or if you're running off a live CD, what am I getting at? 
nothing, nothing you care about. But if you're running it as your daily driver, then you are checking your email. Maybe you download some files. Maybe you, you know, log into various accounts. And if I break into that, now I've got access to something. So by using it as the OS on your hardware, that's where you're really tripping up. Unless, unless you're one of those people like Adam Gordon here at our studios where <laughs> you take two laptops. And so if you have one laptop that is your pen testing laptop and it's got this on here, and then you have your other one that you use for everything else, but you've got to remember to keep it separate. And if there's one thing we've seen time and time again, it's uh, it's like these these big criminals, the like the Silk Road guy, yeah. where he had these two different identities and he kept them separate. And then one time he slipped, yeah. and now he's in jail. Now uh, you you mentioned something um, there that I, I think I want I wanted to touch on, um, and it kind of maybe brings up a good point of. Um, you know, maybe okay. So we've determined it's not the one you uh, that is the best choice to run as your daily driver. But if you are, um, for whatever reason, uh, just to test it out or, or just to become more familiar with it, what are the things you want to do um, to maybe protect yourself or make the make it a little bit more um, user friendly for you? And one of the things you mentioned Don, was that you're you're doing all these things in the root account. So mm -hmm. uh, that's something we talked about as well. So Correct. I mean, right off the bat, it sounds like you're going to want to create a separate account. And, and what is the downfall of that, or what are you losing by doing that? I would say you're, you're anything that's set up to be run as root, now you're going to have to do a bunch of sudoing or going back through and, and changing that. And it's a lot of administrative overhead, a lot of logistical nightmares of getting into the system and going, okay, now, now I need to change this. Oh, I know, a quick way to do it. Let me grab this other distribution that already does that out of the <laughs> gate. It just doesn't make sense to go in and do that, right? Again, because of its of its very pointed intention of, of life, right? Uh, of why you should be using it. To, if you're gonna go through and have to do all these things, I mean, you, yeah, you can create a single user account, log in, and things are gonna, gonna get a little bit safer, and enable the firewall, start making some firewall rules. Yeah, things are gonna get a little bit safer, right? Do some some standard hardening techniques, obviously, uh, if, if you're going to be running live at five, but then what are you breaking when you do that? Now you got to go through, you got to troubleshoot all that. So it's a give and take, it's a push and a pull. All you're doing at that point is you're creating your own distro. Yeah. <laughs> at that yeah. point, basically, this yeah. is, this is well, Daniel's version of Linux. So. Yeah, and just to give you some scenarios, right? Um, anything that uses the packet capture libraries, right? Mm. Uh, so Nmap, Wireshark, uh, even stinking TCP dump, right? <laughs> uh, if you're going to run any of those tools, you create this other user account, you log in, that user account doesn't have privileges to access the, the PCAP libraries. So now you've either got to run them as root, so sudo or su or, or whatever, or you've got to go through and change permissions and give yourself permission to use the, the PCAP library. Now you're having to configure these tools, and, and that is a lot of effort. Um, if you turn on IP tables or whatever firewall daemon you use, uh, if you turn on the firewall, all of a sudden things like, um, and Daniel, you might have backed me up, uh, in, okay. in Metasploit, you can set up a, a listening server, Correct. right? What's that called? Yeah, um, oh. just like a reverse shell kind of thing, just like yeah. Netcat. So so you've got to have yeah. a listener set up, and now the firewall is blocking this, so you got to open that up. And you've got to think about each tool you're going to use and what you've got to allow incoming connections on. So by making it secure enough to use as a daily driver, you've effectively made it not a good pen testing tool anymore. And at that point, you have to ask yourself, why am I running this pen testing tool if I just broke all the pen testing stuff? I might as well just run 
Because you want to street, yeah. street cred among your friends <laughs> and, of saying, uh, I run Calendar yeah, Winning. That's ex- sure, exactly it takes right. me two hours to do what it takes you yeah. ten minutes to do, but look how cool I am. Look, yeah. Mr. Robot's copying me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been Mr. running Linux since last week. I'm pretty sure Mr. Robot has more than one computer in that. <laughs> I've seen him have to put everything in the microwave. <laughs> and so I know uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. running, he's running more than just that one machine. But uh, <laughs> cool, I think, we, uh, I think we've answered this question pretty well. Anything else uh, interesting about Kali Linux or... Or any of those kind of other offshoots we want to talk about? You know, I, I'd like to end by saying that it, it is a, a truly great distro. Like, if you want to mess with the tools, they're already set up. You don't have to mess around with that. You can focus on doing what you care about, like learning and, and using security techniques. That's really awesome. So don't get the impression that Kali is bad. What's bad is people's understanding of how they can use it. Right. Uh, so the tool itself is phenomenal. It's a great one. I really appreciate all the work the open source community and, and offensive security and, and everybody else who's been involved in that project has done. Uh, it is an amazing tool. Definitely check it out. Just make sure you're smart about how you use it and, and what its intended purpose was. Yeah, I, I heard somebody uh, say that it's like eating all your meals with a Swiss Army knife. Can you do that? Yes. Not really its intention. Does it have that capability built into the Swiss Army knife? It sure does as a spoon, as a fork. As a knife, obviously, it's a knife. But it's meant to be a bag of like, oh, I don't have a spoon. I need a spoon. Here it is. Let me use this for this one-time use. Same kind of idea with Kali, right? It has a very specific intention. If you use it that way, I think you're going to have a fantastic experience. I know I have. Uh, it's when I started getting outside of those boundaries. that, And, of course, that's all my own doing. That's my fault that it started going, well, I'm not, I'm not really built to do this. And you're pushing me beyond my, my limits, and it would it would break. So if you keep it within its wheelhouse, man, it's going to run like a champ for you. And that's how I would suggest you use it. And that's why I only use a spork. But yeah. <laughs> I like that Don uh, did what I was going to do there at the end, which is make sure you tell all of the uh, the hackers out there and the people that use Kali Linux that how much we appreciate them and love them, and uh, and that we're not we're not knocking your no. distro. Uh, we're big us. fans of what you do, and, uh, <laughs> and please move on to someone else. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, in a few days, I'll have a lot of personal identifiable information on Peter I can sell. So uh, right. if anybody wants Highest that, let me yeah. know. And we, well, we've already determined you have access to the camera in my home, um, <laughs> which you haven't commented on all the things I've been doing. Because uh, he cut it for off you. immediately. <laughs> yeah. I have signs at home, and I've set up uh, things for, for Don. But uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining. Uh, I know Daniel. It's uh, it's it's great to get another perspective in here. Sometimes it gets very stale um, <laughs> with just Don and I. And thanks, Don, as always, for letting us uh, crash here in your office. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share it with your friends. Be sure to review it. Uh, we love those and appreciate any comments you guys share and, and anything you want to see that uh, topics that you'd like to see covered like this. We'd love any feedback on that. So. For now, it's going to do it, and we will see you next time.